from the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Play action fake, Brady rolling, throwing toward the end of the oh, ball, touchdown, Kadon. Here's the snap, Brady dropping, looking, Brady throws, it's caught, touchdown, Tampa Bay, Rashad White, fire the cannon. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and company on a busy Wednesday. John Von Tobel. Check that Tuesday. I'm already ahead to Wednesday. Already looking forward to uh, booking guests for Wednesday show on the uh, new UNLV hire. Barry Odom. Huh. What? Kevin Sumlin, you mean? Well, well I'm going to minimize that chatter today because I want to talk about <laughs> the new coach and do some fact-finding on the new coach. So if you didn't see it in the last uh, about 70 minutes, it finally came down from a couple of reporters outside the market, and then the school confirmed that uh, the new UNLV football coach, after just an arduous eight days, which I still laugh at, that like the internet made this into a crazy search. It wasn't crazy. I was told last week, and I've, I've said it on the air repeatedly, that they would announce the coach on Monday or Tuesday. And then it was updated yesterday that, well, probably a press conference on Wednesday. I told you that on the air yesterday. I told you most of the week last week, there were no leaks in this thing, just like DRF did with Otzelberger and with the hire of Arroyo. And I'll repeat it again. Eric Harper is not a DRF protege, but he operated in some of the same ways by just doing his work. So Barry Odom is the new head coach for UNLV football. I'm already getting reaction. No name. Folks, do a little research before you send stupid tweets. Please, Steve, if I didn't know who he was, then nobody then, then it's a no was. name. Right. So Barry Odom, who's currently the defensive coordinator or was at Arkansas. Highly touted guy, Arkansas, very good defense. We'll give you some of the numbers. Former head coach in the SEC at Missouri, went 25 and 25, went 13 and 19 in the SEC which that conference is very difficult. We're going to get guests on throughout the shows the next couple of days. We've already got a former SEC coach ready to go in Dan Mullen, who faced Barry Odom, who, from what I hear, wanted to hire him at one point, or at least had some interest in hiring him at Florida, but a guy who played at Missouri. So he's coaching a – played in a big-time conference in the – Big 12, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I can't remember when when <laughs> Mizzou went over, but he played from 95 to 99 uh, and then coached at multiple spots in the SEC, coached under Gary Pinkle. So Barry Odom is the new coach for UNLV. Eric Harper said he wanted a candidate, former head coach experience. So that's what he's landed here. Now I know that what went on on the internet with unconfirmed names by lots of different people tweeting stuff and writing stuff. I know expectations got raised to a certain level. None of that was from UNLV, so we'll cover that part of it. But what's your reaction early on here? Again, we'll do some fact-finding on this. We're going to, in about eight minutes, we're going to talk to a guy who's covered Mizzou football 
forever so you can tell us more about Barry Odom because that's a story. We'll, we'll get into the Arkansas end of it, but as a head coach, we want to know what he was like, what he did, what the recruiting was like, what it was like in the SEC. Cool. Good. Solid. Like, I don't like when it comes to coaching hires in general, I don't know if you could really get too extreme one way or the other unless there's some like extreme off field baggage or anything right. like that that comes along with it. You mentioned it. His, especially his time as a defensive coordinator, his defenses at Mizzou were very good statistically. And he seems to know that side of the ball very well. And last time I checked, the UNLV defensively, it's been a while since they've had a unit. It was a little that, better this it, year. And I actually, right. I think if they can hold on to a bunch of guys, um, that they can be a, a good defense. They were really good at times this year, especially on the run defense, and they've got a really young defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. So his his expertise is defense, and not to cut you off. The, the other thing I'm very excited about is the names he's been connected with. Correct. So I can't wait to see, and I think the players will be excited, I can't wait to see the kind of staff he puts together, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think that's that's obviously what you think, I think you wait for too, right, before you react incredibly. Like You want to see what the staff's going to be looking like. Um, you know, I'm curious. That'll give us an idea of uh, what he's given to work with, like in terms of hiring a staff, right? And how much money he's going to have to hire that staff. That'll be pretty interesting to see how he builds it out. But I think when this whole thing started and uh, Eric Harper decided to fire Marcus Royal, one of the first things out of his mouth was, right, proven head coach or a guy who has done that before. No first-time coordinator guy, right? No positions coach making the leap to head coach, anything like that. And Odom's been a head coach. And by the way, I mean, I think it was it. I have to look up. I don't want to say the, the job out of turn. He was up for another job just a couple of days ago. Odom was. His name was out there. So he was a guy who was uh, coveted by at least another program. I think it's a solid hire. There's probably a good chance that his brother, Brian, who's a coach at USC, could be coming along. Just speculation there. So UNLV, new head coach, Barry Odom. And our job now is let's talk about him. Let's get some more Facts on him. He's coming from SEC country and, you know, formerly of the Big 12. Like I said, Dan Mullen coming up later in the hour. We'll bring in a Missouri expert here in less than five. Wednesdays, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Studio. All right, here we go. Interesting day, interesting day. We got rumors about uh, Aaron Judge, Yankees, Giants, all that stuff going on. Raiders, stuff coming up as well. SEC coach, former Dan Mullen, now an ESPN broadcaster, coming up later in the hour. But uh, about 70 minutes ago, we find out from several reports. I think it was broken by uh, on3.com and then confirmed by a bunch of folks. But uh, I wanted to get a Missouri expert in here about Barry Odom to UNLV because really this is kind of a fact-finding mission. And uh, Gabe DeArmond is up with Cofield and Company. How are you, sir? Not bad. What's going on, guys? Um, well, we just went through a coaching search that was kind of fascinating because UNLV said nothing the entire way. Uh, and without leaks, we had a lot of media and then uh, you kind of social influencers just throw a bunch of names out there. And Barry Odom was never mentioned, which I think is fascinating. That's the point of not having any leaks so that no one knows. Um, just give me your first reaction to Barry Odom getting another shot as a head coach. Not surprised that he got another shot as a head coach. Um, you know, it, it probably had, well, I guess it's been three years, so that's kind of a, a general time frame. Did a, a pretty good job, at least the first couple, with Arkansas's defense. They dealt with some injuries, so I'm not surprised. I thought it would probably take a, you know, kind of like a group of five level job. Um, it's been mentioned for Tulsa. That one made sense to me. 
been mentioned for UAB. That made a little bit of sense. Vegas seems weird. I, I mean, it just seems like kind of a weird fit. Um, I believe, and you guys can can check this out later when when Barry gets out there. I think he had had maybe had a shot at that job uh, whenever um, UNLV hired Marcus Arroyo, and it's interesting because yeah. Missouri's AD now was was Vegas's AD then. Yep. And and I actually talked to Desiree hey, Reed for Insula earlier. She's actually out in Vegas. Uh, because Gary Pinkle is getting inducted to the Hall of Fame out there tonight. So a lot of connections. Um, not surprised Barry's getting another shot. little surprised this one was it. Give me his strengths. Um, you know, he is a no-nonsense football guy. Like, that's what he wants to do. Uh, he doesn't have a lot of time for all the other stuff. Um, he's obviously, his background, his defense, uh, he's a guy players generally love and, and will go to the wall for. Um, you know, so I, I think if the career path would have been reversed and he would have gotten the Vegas job seven years ago, you know, like he might have a chance to be the Missouri coach now. Uh, but, but that first job in the sec is, uh, that's a pretty steep learning curve sometimes for guys. What do you think, uh, got him out at Mizzou? What were some of his weaknesses? Well, it, the recruiting wasn't great. Um, generally, Things didn't seem to be trending. You know, he had about a 500 record here. He took over at a really hard time after Missouri had had a lot of campus issues in 2015. Gary Pinkle retired. The recruiting had already been downturned for a couple years. Um, but, but he got them going. They won eight games in, in 27, or 2018, but he always just had trouble maintaining the momentum. Once something would get going, then they'd have a really bad loss. You know, or um, he, he got Kelly Bryant here, and, and things were going well. And then the season opener, they lose to Wyoming. Then they win five straight, and then the wheels kind of came off. I, I think he got a little sideways with his boss here. I think he wanted a little more support than he thought he got. Um, and I, I think Missouri just felt like we've got to be able to recruit better to compete in this league than we feel like we are. Gabby Armand is with us. Mizzou expert. Keep going, John. So I, I was just curious, and you, you kind of went down that path of uh, recruiting. You know, this is a guy who, what, a native of Oklahoma, went to Missouri, has ties out in that area. Uh, what is recruiting going to look like? Not even just from a level standpoint, but it'd be interesting to see him out here on the West Coast. It does seem like a fish out of water. Yeah, out there, I'm not sure. I mean, that's not an area Missouri ever recruited. I doubt Memphis recruited when he was, when he was there. So, you know, I'm not sure. As far as that goes, I think the key will be surrounding himself with some guys that do know the area. And, and you know, Barry's recruiting didn't look great in rankings, but, I mean, he found some guys that were two- and three-star recruits that, you know, Larry Borum is a starting offensive tackle for the Chicago Bears. Tyler Beatty is Missouri's single-season rushing leader uh, all-time and, and was drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Larry Roundtree is a two-star running back that's playing for the San Diego Chargers. Nick Bolton was a, a very uh, unheralded kid out of Texas that Missouri got and was a second-round draft pick and maybe an all, maybe a pro bowler for the Chiefs this year. So I think he has an eye for talent. I think he evaluates really well. But like the, the rivals' recruiting rankings were not very impressed with what he did. Can you talk about the challenge of recruiting to Missouri football? We know a bunch of people who do radio and in Kansas City, and I know they talk about it a lot, and the SEC has been a really tough jump. What is it like recruiting there? Yeah, it is a tough job, um, especially in the SEC, because geographically, you know, Missouri high school football is 
is decent. It's not Georgia. It's not Texas. It's not Florida. So, you know, you're, you're having to find some of those. Uh, if you're going to go get a four or five star kid, he's probably going to be a local guy. Um, and so you got to find some of those, uh, you know, diamond in the rough type guys and just where Mizzou is located. It's in the middle of the state. So Kansas City is uh, where I grew up. It's actually much closer to KU and K State, about the same distance to Nebraska. St. Louis is on the border of Illinois. So, you know, it's a really weird state that the Missouri has had some struggles keeping in-state guys at home, and not just recently, just for decades. Who do you think is a better coach who did or has done a better job, Frankwitz or Odom at Missouri? Well, I mean, Missouri fans are excited about Drinkwitz because he has recruited on paper well, like the future. You know, they have hope um, that they felt like they didn't have when Barry was here, but Look, Barry had, you know, the record that Barry got fired for, Eli's got to go 7-5 and five next year to get to. So, um, mm. you know, he, he it'll be interesting to see if Drinkwitz gets it going here um, because there are a lot of reasons to hope, but that hasn't yet translated onto, uh, onto the results on the field. And, and the hope and... And the excitement of recruiting rankings will go for a while, but that does have to translate, or, or otherwise people don't put a whole lot of stock in. Is he a nice guy? Because you know, one <laughs> of the, well, and <laughs> well. I say that kind of jokingly, but like you know, one of the alleged complaints about the former head coach Marcus Arroyo was that he didn't play the game, wasn't nice to people around campus. What what is he personality like? Yeah, it, that'll be interesting to see because I, you know I'm not sure Barry's strength is like going on the banquet circuit, yeah. right, and, and being friends with boosters now. I'm a little uh, probably the wrong guy to ask here. I went to college with Barry. I've known him for 25 years. You know, we were at school at Missouri at the same time. I actually worked at the student TV station and would frequently interview him because he was a linebacker on the football team. So um, I've known him for a long time. He's always been really good to me. Uh, but, but, again, that's probably uh, uh, not the right perspective to answer that question from. So, Missouri situation right now, it's kind of interesting. You mentioned the connection here with Desiree Reed-Francois. Can you explain to the audience here in Vegas, was there some sort of uh, kerfuffle with the uh, Mizzou and Kansas football programs and bowl game? What's going on there? That's funny. That's why I talked to her, actually, earlier today. So, Brett McMurphy reported that um, the Liberty Bowl wanted Missouri and Kansas, and Missouri said, no, we won't play Kansas. Um, Missouri says, no, we didn't say that in the way the bowl selection works in the SEC. They really couldn't have said that. They have to tur- turn in a list of their preferences, which games they want to play in. I'm pretty confident the Liberty Bowl was not high on Missouri's list, um, and, and they're going to the Gasparilla Bowl. I don't really think the, the – li- I don't think the main reason that the Liberty Bowl wasn't high on the list was that they could play Kansas. I'm not going to say it was no factor whatsoever, but um, – you know, ultimately, I think they had other bowls higher on their list. They've made a big priority of look if we're not if we're just playing in one of these minor bowl games and we're not playing in like the Sugar Bowl or something like that. Then, hey, our guys would rather be done by Christmas, so we'll go play in 80 degrees in Tampa and be done December 23rd as opposed to going in, in whatever Memphis has on December 28th and our kids are spending Christmas night in the hotel room. So, I don't think they specifically said we won't play Kansas, um, but I also don't think they were in any great hurry to try and play in the Liberty Bowl. I want to try to track down uh, Gary Pinkle later. Um, you know, this, this is a guy who played or coached coached under Gary Pinkle. What, what sort of style did Pinkle have? 
Oh, man. I, I mean, Gary, I think people knew how good Gary was when he was here. He just looks a little bit better every year, right? I mean, yeah. he did things at Missouri. I actually uh, wrote something the other day. I looked up a stat. In the last 40 seasons, Missouri has finished in the top 20 of the national rankings five times. All five were under Gary between 2000, I think, 6 and 14 or 7 and 14. I mean, you know, he took this place. I grew up a Missouri fan. They had not, they'd had two winning seasons in 17 years. It was a fan base that when I came to school here, I said, just get a bowl game. That'd be amazing. Right, just just get to six wins, and Gary twice had them within a half of playing for a national title. Um, I I will never say that what he did can't be duplicated, but boy, it, it looks a little bit harder every year. PowerMizzou.com is where people can find your work, right? That's right. Yeah, Rivals Network, PowerMizzou.com. So uh, you know, a lot of connections. If there are any any Mizzou fans <laughs> out there, check it out. Oh, they're everywhere. Uh, one last question. So. How is DRF working out so far at Missouri? What's the, the fan perception of the whole deal? Um, I, I think people have been pretty impressed. I mean, she hired a basketball coach who's off to a 10-0 start as, you know, Kansas comes in here for the first time in 11 years on Saturday, and, and that's a win that could get Missouri in the top 25 a year after they went 12-21. and 21. Um, They had the biggest attendance increase in the SEC in football this year. She's done a lot of things to – to get fans engaged again, um, you know, I, personally, just from my perspective, she's very accessible and, and good to work with. So good so far, but ultimately you are judged on how your football and basketball coaches do. So uh, to be determined, I guess. Gabe, good spot, man. We appreciate you stepping up on very, very short notice, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you. No problem, guys. Have a good one. Gabe DiArmond. PowerMizzou.com, Missouri expert, giving us a little bit on – Barry Odom. We'll try to get uh, more guests as the show moves along. This news comes down. UNLV hiring Barry Odom, former SEC coach, head coach at uh, Missouri, was just the D.C. with Arkansas. I played at Missouri. So in this case, if people were trying to make connections, and I think that's it was mostly guesswork with what Eric Harper was going to do, very secretive about the whole process, um, all that stuff of trying to connect him to the Big 12 you know, his roots, even though Mizzou is in the SEC now, it's still that region of the country. So maybe some of the connects work out there. Interesting. Only one source there. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd, I'd, read, uh, I'd read a couple of things, you know, and we've had an hour to really look into Barry Odom that recruiting at Missouri was tough for him. So and who knows? I, I don't know what that means in terms of connects or where his targets will be. Um, I would like to see UNLV continue to mine California and Texas, and then it's up to the – the new coach, if he wants to go, balls to the wall with Vegas kids, it'll be interesting. And as you mentioned, in the SEC, right, a little bit harder to mine that area for talent, especially when there's other schools that you're competing with. And out here in Vegas, it's a little bit more of an attractive destination for kids, potentially, even if you're not mining the West Coast. What are you saying guys. about Columbia, Missouri? I've down? never been there, but I've also never wanted to go there. So it's a tough spot. <laughs> I think it's just that it's, sand- it's it's sandwiched in a zone of so many right. so many good schools. Not that UNLV has it easy either, because you're you're trying to go into California and Texas often and get kids, and you know you're competing against Big Twelve and and Texas is recruited by everybody and California is recruited by everybody. Pac twelve. But as was pointed out too, it seems that he's got a pretty good track record of finding some of those diamonds in the rough, developing them, and making them into some pretty good players, and he can have success with that here too. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at BJVT or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. America's best car buyer. Sell us your car. Give me the bin.com. So easy you can do it.
attempt this season for Smith. The lefty carves his way in, right, then left, straight on, he scores! Riley Smith wins it for the Golden Knights! 4-3 the final in Boston! Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. 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 VGK with a uh, hell of a win, great job by the team, I was going to say in honor, but doing it for, in some ways, Bruce Cassidy, who got uh, dumped by the Bruins. They had a big lead. They gave it up, recovered, goes to a shootout, and the shootout was was pretty good. It was also exciting for the uh, the goaltenders who were freaking the nuts in that whole thing. But VGK gets out of it with a win in overtime. A lot of NFL news today. We'll push back some of the Raider stuff. If you missed it, UNLV has hired a new football head coach, Barry Odom, former Missouri head coach, most recently defense coordinator at Arkansas, press conference tomorrow at 10 o'clock. So I was planning on talking about how I don't know if anyone's going to have any interest in Baker Mayfield. Apparently some teams did. Niners did not. But the Niners have a whole deal now with Jimmy G. So we'll get to Mayfield going to the Rams in a second, but... Jimmy G has a very serious injury, but it may not be season ending. But with the time frame, this is going to be a weird one. Sounds like he needs seven to eight weeks to recover. Right. No surgery, seven to eight weeks, then he can be back. There was a note in there was like, if rehab goes well. So that's it's always a really important caveat, if rehab goes well. Uh, but seven to eight weeks sounds like it's the timetable. That would put you uh, right in the thick of the postseason if you can make it that far. What are we talking about left in the season? Five weeks, something like that? What are we on? Week 12? So we got five weeks left to go and plus wherever they would end up. So if they're a wild card team, wouldn't be available, it seems. Uh, but if they make it past that, then it sounds like there's a chance he could be back. So it looks like they're rolling with Brock Purdy. And I would say this too, by the way. I don't think just because the Rams got him, it doesn't mean that the 49ers weren't interested. I think maybe they took a shot that he was just going to clear waivers, right? And you just sign him out right as opposed to having to take on some of the money, and it's not like he was due a ton. But if you looked at the list of teams that like potentially needed a quarterback, I don't know about you, I was surprised Baker Mayfield went to the Rams. Why? Because, like, why? What, what are they trying to do? The season's lost. There's nothing to play for. I mean, I guess you can talk yourself into bring this high-end potential talent into our like building and let's sign him a little bit more long-term at lesser price and develop right. him under Matt Stafford <clears throat> over the next couple of years. We made Jared Goff into magic. We can do this with Baker Mayfield. Don't you think that's what it is? But, I mean, that's probably it. That's right. why I said I was initially surprised. Once I thought about it, it made a little bit more sense. But like this season, I it's just not really like, a whole pur- any purpose of busting your hump to win games this year. Right, exactly. And that's but why as I a thought. developmental guy, if you get him in the fold and he's super cheap, I mean, there's nothing guaranteed moving forward with Matt Stafford. No, I mean, the injuries are piling up. That's probably part of it, too. And he's got maybe a year left, if that, because it's it's like different ailments for him. It's not just one thing. And we've seen how quickly injuries can derail seasons for quarterbacks. What does it say about Brock Purdy and their confidence in Brock Purdy? Is it confidence in Brock Purdy, or is it confidence slash arrogance of Kyle Shanahan? I can make it work, baby. And I don't mean I mean, to he like has it. in the past for the most part. <laughs> Look at some hasn't of been guys. great results, but he's had some pretty bad quarterbacks. Right, and they've done well. But here's the thing. I, like, I'll, I'll throw this in. I'm not even sure Baker Mayfield at this point is an upgrade over Brock Purdy. And I don't, I don't know how good Brock Purdy is. No one does. So anyone proclaiming that, hey, he looked good, who cares? Right. Right. Now teams are actually going to prep for him. 
But I think Mayfield's at such a low point. He's such a reclamation project that I don't even know that he's an upgrade. Right, and I think that's why, one, if you're the 49ers, you roll the dice and see if he clears waivers because you don't need to do that if you're San Francisco. And two, it's about putting him in a system that you think will raise his floor and allow Brock Purdy to get some snaps, get some starts, and then from there, all right, maybe we can bring Mayfield along in the last couple of weeks. So, And it's also... There's just the general connection of Baker Mayfield playing in a run-heavy offense that maximizes the floor of whatever quarterback is there, i.e. Cleveland, right under Stefanski, and then he might be able to do the same thing with San Francisco. Like, maybe we're all just making connections with that, and it was never really there. 364-1100, Let's do a giveaway right now. Caller 7, 364 we got tickets for Social Distortion coming up on the 15th. They're going to be at the House of Blues coming up. From the 15th to the 17th, Ticketmaster.com, Ticketmaster.com. Two tickets to go see Social Distortion, House of Blues. You can get your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. But we've got a pair right now for a show on the 15th, 364-1100, caller 7. Join Cofield and Company on Thursdays for the live 2 to 5 show at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. During all NFL games this season, get 77 cent beers. It's Thursday night football at Silver 7's Flamingo in Paradise. You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, UNLV's got a new head football coach. It's Barry Odom out of the SEC, just with Arkansas as a D.C. and head coach at Missouri. So uh, really kind of fact-finding here. Not a guy from the region, but uh, you know, comes pretty highly touted. I know well thought of and was up for some other jobs. Let's bring in uh, certainly an expert on the SEC, coached at Mississippi State, most recently at Florida, and was doing, is doing ESPN analyst work. Dan Mullen is up with Cofield and Company. How are you, sir? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're fired up. This is one of those interesting spots where the uh, coaching search was really, really, really quiet, which I kind of love. And yeah. you know, Odom kind of comes from out of nowhere, but then you know, we start looking into him, and I, I knew of him, obviously. So. We're just trying to find out more about Barry Odom. So right off the bat, what's your reaction to him taking the UNLV job? I think it's a great hire for UNLV, and I, and I am excited about it. And I understand, but haven't done this, haven't done this a long time, being on now the uh, on the media side of things, and um, obviously, you know, haven't been in, in, uh, out that way and coaching at Utah uh, for a couple of years and understanding the Mount West Conference. Um, I, I think for the fan base, the tough one out there is. You know, when a coaching job comes open, they throw out like, hey, let's go get these guys, these kind of like hot, sexy names on things, right? And, and uh, because, it, and, and not are they a great fit, or are they a great this, or are they right. a great that, just it, it's name recognition. Right. Uh, you know, and Barry probably doesn't have great, as great name recognition to the average fan, but, we're, but what Barry Odom has is unbelievable respect in the coaching profession uh, of what he's been able to do. Uh, he took over a Missouri program that was, you know, he was there as the D coordinator. They promoted him to be the head coach. They were not doing well. Uh, he led him to, uh, you know, he led him to three straight bowl games, you know, or three, being eligible three straight years for bowl games. And uh, after the first year and kind of turned the program around. And at Missouri, in the Southeastern Conference, you know, you're not jumping up and down that Missouri's a half. They had to scramble to win to get bowl eligible this year. Um, and Barry, I thought, did an excellent job. Uh, with that program and what he did. And he, he's a defensive-minded coach. He's not afraid to think outside the box. Does a great job adapting to what he has. 
Uh, he kind of revamped and changed his whole philosophy going to Arkansas than what he was defensively before that to fit the personnel there. So he's going to come in. He's going to look at the program. He's going to look at what they have. Uh, he's certainly going to bring a toughness edge to the program, but but look and adapt to the talent and the ability that is there to give them an opportunity to win right away. He's not going to come in stubborn. This is my only way to do it. He's going to fix his program, his style, which I think any great coach does. A coach's job is to put players in position to be successful. Former and Florida Barry Odom is certainly going to do that for UNLV. Sorry about that, Coach. So former Florida coach, Mississippi State coach, ESPN analyst, Dan Mullen is with us. You mentioned uh, Utah back 2003-2004. I mean, the little exposure you got to uh, UNLV and since. Like, what's your impression of the UNLV program. I mean, one thing that they will tout here is that they finally upgraded the facilities. They play in a you know giant NFL stadium, and they built a pretty impressive football facility. So, what is the coaching take around the country on this job? All right. So, so I've, I've we talk about this. I talk about it with coaches, and it's kind of in some ways a head scratcher to me why they haven't been more successful throughout the years at UNLV. Um, you know, and, and now that that being said, I haven't dug all the way deep into it, but I think it's a place. Uh, that one, and you look as a football coach, and football coach, really, college football starts with recruiting. And the one thing I know is you can get a flight to Las Vegas from about anywhere in the country, and it's not that expensive, right? So hey, you can walk into any home and say, hey, mom and dad, you can come fly out to Vegas and see your son play. Um, and, and there's a lot going on here. It's an exciting place. It's a lot of fun. And you go back to the basketball days of the run of reps with Jerry Tarkanian, and you look and say, they made that was a destination. You had to be there. And they've never kind of translated that onto the football side. Now, obviously, facilities, some other things help. But now you look, um, I look at UNLV as a program. You're in a primo city, a hotspot. You have an NFL stadium. You have all these things to offer. I will be shocked, I, and I would be shocked, in when you're looking at the expansion world of college football. Um, if I'm in the Pac-12, UNLV might be my first call of trying to expand the conference. With teams leaving, with what's going on in reshaping college football world, you have a great TV market, you have an NFL stadium, you have a place. And so I, I think the future is really bright there. Uh, and I would be shocked if UNLV is not, honestly, a, in the expansion and the crazy new world of college football where everyone's going, is not a Pac-12 school soon. So you, I'm really curious your thoughts on this, Coach, because one of the things that's interesting when you look at it on the surface uh, is Odom and his connections regionally and then coming out here to Las Vegas on the West Coast. That what would be some of the challenges for a guy that is you know more of like Oklahoma, Missouri, in that area, uh, as opposed yeah. to, right, to coming out here as a recruiter and just as a guy who now has to operate out here on this coast? Well, and, and you start, I think, this for him. I think, I think that the part he's going to have to grasp is you start in the, in, the, you know, in the state of Nevada, in the Las Vegas area, and there are some very good football players in there, but not enough to, you know, to you're just sitting here and saying, you know, there's, there's places in the country where you go to and say, hey, we, we just, hey, let's draw a 200-mile radius around campus, and that's it. We don't even really need to leave here. Uh, there's enough players. There's some really good players in the Las Vegas area um, in the state of Nevada, but he's going to have to expand out there. Now, the one thing I think about Barry and what you do and you understand as a head coach is he's going to have ties. And, I, and so you start looking and saying, okay, what makes sense for us in this area? Obviously, we can get down into the Phoenix area maybe and, and, and dabble a little bit down there and some of the other areas out west. We've got to be really good heading out into Southern California and possibly the islands. 
and then you're going to head towards Texas. You know, if, if you look at hop heads of football. Well, Barry's obviously going to be very connected himself, and I'm sure you know he's as a head coach. You have your one or two guys. They're going to be very connected in that Texas type of area. So I, I wouldn't be shocked for him. He's going to do a look to do a really good job and say, okay, let's let's hire some some local some ties that give me local West Coast and Island ties out into Hawaii, Samoa, and the islands. Uh, in those areas. And as a coach, it's important. I remember we got out to the University of Utah with Urban Meyer. And, you know, I mean, he brought, he brought me, he's like, get on the plane, let's get out there, you know, and, and here's a bunch of guys from the Midwest and the Northeast. Uh, but he did a great job of going out and hiring a staff that not just had ties. I think Southern California is so heavily recruited. You don't have to have every tie, but there's some ties to Southern California and he did a great job hiring the Polynesian and the island ties to have guys come as well. And so I think Barry's going to pay attention on his staff to do that and, and, and incorporate that within his staff more than saying, hey, that that's all on me as the head coach. That was pretty good. You nailed it, actually. And that's where UNLV has, uh, has been recruiting. Hasn't been as strong as it should be in Vegas. But, yeah, Hawaii has been big, Texas, California, Southern and Northern. And, and then they also they played the transfer portal pretty well this last year. I, I want to get to a little more Odom here in a second. Dan Mullins with us. Were you surprised that they bailed on Marcus Arroyo, who had the program, for some of us, we thought it was on the upswing. And I also wonder, when a school goes through cycles of three years with a head coach, does that scare other coaches, uh, potential coaches? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. And, and I look at it, and, and I've, I'd love to talk I'm more of an expert on And it's hard to do, so it's going to be more general. Because I did see this year, I thought, Marcus, they had a pretty good year, and we're kind of trending upward this year. So... Uh, Possibly did surprise me. It did surprise me, but I don't know all the ins and outs of every aspect, of it, right? right? And, and they're very tough decisions. I mean, I was at Florida a year ago, and we had gone to three straight New Year's Six Bowl games. Uh, we had a 500 season, and I got fired. And uh, so <laughs> it's, right. uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different directions that, that teams can go and can pull a trigger quick or whatever. The athletic director obviously sees something. He wants to go in a different direction, and that stuff happens. So, um, it, there are some little surprises about it uh, to me, but again, I don't know the specifics. I do think it is hard uh, when you look at certain schools, and, and I think there are schools that are rewarded. And I'm going to go back to when I was at Mississippi State. I went there, and we had we had ups and downs, but but it generally, people looked and said, "Before you got here, we we you know when I got there to Mississippi State." My interview said, well, if we can get to a bowl game every couple of years, that'll be fantastic. Well, after t- year two, we finished in the, the top 15 in right, the country. Right. We, went to, we went to a great bowl game. And, you know, I, I, always, I always associate it to this. When the fan base is, you know, is used to every one, once in a while getting some hamburgers, you know, maybe a hot dog and, and some beans, right? And then all of a sudden they start eating steak and they get to this really nice bowl game. You know what they notice? I really like the steak and I want the steak. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I can tell. I can tell. Coach, I can tell you locally what's going to happen here. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm going to make a reference to UNLV basketball. You know, the hope is always to be back, you know, in Tark Days and make the NCAA tournament. They've had a bit of a drought. This year they're off to an 8-0 start. And I'll tell you right now, if they win 20 games, that ain't going to be enough now because the eight no start has raised the bar, and people are like, "Come on, they got to make the tournament." It's just it, it, it is it is we're crazy. Back. Yeah, we're it's back, good. and it's like it's eight games. Relax, it's a building process. Um, 
I, I'm going to close. It's crazy, but I do yeah. think I think this. I think that the the, uh, the, the the school could be really successful if they look and you sit there and Bear, maybe Barry's a great fit, you know. And now there's a fit that comes into mm-hmm. fit with the players, fit with the program, fit with the university, fit with the alumni, and fit with the city of Las Vegas. And all of them have to click, right? And if he is. You're gonna the, the school's gonna benefit over. Let's ride some ups and downs and have a consistent winner. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden, when we have an eight win season, let's pump the brakes. That it's okay the next year if we go back to six. Hmm. Pump the brakes. Let's build stability. Let's build a long term successful program, and, and really build off of that. And, and I hope you know for them that, that schools have success that do that. I want to finish up in a couple of minutes. I only got like four minutes left. Uh, I want to finish up okay. Barry Odom, but I, first I gotta, I gotta ask you about Florida and their season. And this is weird. I mean, this doesn't happen where the SEC comes out. Now we've got this new partnership with the Las Vegas Bowl. Oregon State's gonna have a lot of fans. Will Florida travel fans? And what are your thoughts on Florida being in a game in Vegas? I hope so. You know what I mean? I'm gonna tell you what. I was one of the when I was in the league. I was such a proponent of the Las Vegas Bowl. I think the Vegas Bowl is, honestly, if, if you're looking around the country and you say, okay, we have these New Year's Six, these unbelievable New Year's Six Bowl, what's next? What would be the seventh bowl if we wanted to expand, promote, and add a big-time bowl? The number one bowl on my list would be the Las Vegas Bowl. <laughs> you have an NFL stadium. You have an unbelievable destination that everyone wants to go. I'm in the SEC. I'd be jumping up and down. Every fan base, hey, we get to go to Las Vegas for a bowl game? I'm all in. You know, I mean, you look at some of the other options that are out there. I mean, the bowls are about a destination that you want to get to. Um, so, you know, I, I, unfortunately, and I think for, for the bowl game this year, the SEC had a little bit of a down year, and then three teams go to the New Year's Six. So the selection gets down. Florida didn't have the year that they, I'm sure they expected their fan base that they wanted to have or that they should have had for the talent that's on that roster. And, you know, and they're looking at it saying, oh, this is, this is, a tough deal, but I'm going to tell you what I think the Las Vegas Bowl. I was jumping up and down when the when the SEC got the Vegas Bowl. Um, couldn't wait to get out there to play. Unfortunately, I'm not there. Don't have that opportunity. But I do love the TV side of things. I hey, if ESPN said, hey, what bowl do you want to call? I would pick my raise my hand. Las Vegas for number one. I'm all in. Uh, it's such a great destination for people, and so uh, I think Florida. I certainly hope they bring fans. I know Oregon State. And you, you're talking about the coaching situation, what they've done with Jonathan, Jonathan Smith there. they got a guy that was their own but wants to be there, loves it, and they're very patient, and all of a sudden they're being very rewarded. And you look at that. You know Oregon State had a great year. They're a top-15 team. I mean, what a, what a great team coming in to go play. I think it's a great game this year. When you have a top-15 team that's going to bring a tremendous fan base and you have a national brand like Florida coming to play, I think it's a great game, uh, really exciting for the city. Uh, should be awesome for the bowl game. I think this is the start. You know, if I, I mean, I don't want to go go all Casablanca on you, but I thought I think this is the start <laughs> of a beautiful friendship with the Las Vegas Bowl and the Southeastern Conference and the quality of games that are going to be coming out there to go play. Yeah, I think that region's going to love uh, when they come here with their fans. All right, I got like thirty seconds left. All right, we're going to go to thirty-eight fifty. Um, I got to get this from you. When you played against Barry Odom's teams, especially at Florida, uh, I think you played him at least twice, right? What kind of what's the brand of football? Like what should UNLV fans expect from Barry Odom football? Okay, they are gonna be he is a defensive coach and they are gonna be as tough, hard nosed attacking defensive style as you are gonna see. And I'm gonna give Barry Odom some credit, okay, 
because when we played him, he had an offensive coordinator at the time named a guy named that he just, hey, I'm going to make this guy my offensive coordinator. Because even though I'm a defensive guy, I'm not afraid to spread it out and think outside the box and not play conservative. His offensive coordinator was Josh Heupel, who's now the head coach at Tennessee. Now, that was So uh, you're looking four years ago, Josh Heupel was Barry Odom's offensive coordinator. So he's going to bring in some talent, recognized talent, and he's going to put a really exciting product on the field for everybody. Coach, you're awesome. I appreciate the, uh, the interview Anytime. today on very short notice. Thanks. Yeah, love being out there. Hey, I've been out there. I was out there playing Southern Highlands Golf Course. I mean, is there a more nice. beautiful golf course in the country? I mean, it's unbelievable. I love, I love being in Vegas. Love hanging out there. I can't wait. A Vegas Bowl is one of the most. I can't wait to go see the game this year. I have to go work at ESPN that day, or believe it or not, I was my whole family. We're like, we're going to Vegas for the game, but I have to work at ESPN uh, that day in studio. Thanks, so. Coach. Awesome. Have a great day. There he is. Dan Mullen, former Florida coach, former Mississippi State coach. You can watch the game on ESPN. Earlier start now, 11.30 kickoff. 11.30 kickoff on ESPN on December 17th.